Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Darlings, darlings, darlings. So I want to talk to you about something that is really stressful. So I want to just acknowledge this is a stressful conversation I'm about to have with you. And Luckily, you can shut me up by pressing mute or pause or stop. Isn't that fun? Doesn't my partner wish he could do that? You know what I mean? So anyone who's heard my year at horoscope or absolutely maybe more compellingly my January month ahead horoscope over on Patreon, and also anyone who just looks at the fucking news knows that uh, the inauguration the astrology of it is explosive. It's dangerous. And if you're reading the news, then you know that, you know, heavily armed white supremacists, Nazis, Proud Boys, what do you want to fucking call them? Terrible, violent, hateful people uh, have the intention to wreak havoc and cause harm across the nation this week. The energy is fucking crazy out there. Have you Have you been feeling the energy of fear and rage and the instability that so many people are going through, certainly across the world, but I am talking about in this nation, in the U.S., the energy is a lot. So if you are feeling overwhelmed by grief or anxiety or their cousins, exhaustion or defensiveness, there's a reason for it. And it is because you are connected to everyone else and you care. Here's the thing. I cannot assure you or anyone of your safety. But I can say that safeguarding is a wise act when you're not confident of your safety, right? So what I want to share with you today is around disaster preparedness. A bunch of things for you to think about about how to keep yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your community safe in case shit goes sideways, which things can go sideways anyway, anytime. I mean, I live in the Bay Area where we have earthquakes. And so having disaster preparedness is not like a prepper thing here. It's just like a common sense thing that most people are supposed to have or most people do have. And I want to share with you the way I prepare and what I recommend. What I want to really kind of ground you into is that it's scary to talk about disaster preparedness. It's scary to talk about what is happening in this country at this time and how frightening it is and how so many of us are especially vulnerable to it. Something I've told you before on the podcast, which is on my Instagram, in the highlights, there's one bubble, one little highlight called 911 Tools. And on it, I have linked an Amazon shop page that I put up in like 2017, kind of in preparation of all this stuff that I saw coming. And I don't encourage anyone to shop with Amazon. It's a terrible company, but it's an easy place to create a list of things to buy. On that page are just lots of things to have in a go bag. And so you can go check that out there. Now, first, let me say, what is a go bag? A go bag is a backpack. It's a backpack that you have at your front door so that if you got to go, you just grab it and fucking go, you know. And it's important for people to have go bags if you can, you know, and a lot of people are not in a position where they can. But if you are, it is a good thing to have. And if you have extra, if you have financial abundance, then you can buy go bags for people. You can have extras for neighbors. You know, there's a lot of ways of thinking about spreading your wealth. But basically what I want to name is a number of things. Okay, 
The first one is, if there's a concern about a coup or an emergency, some sort of civil unrest, there are a number of things that are wise to have. Of course, water is a good one. You know, water is an important one. Here in the Bay Area, we know that if something happens and there's an earthquake and you're like, oh shit, there may be an interruption to water, you got to do a couple things real quick. And this is all imminently Googleable. Flush your toilet you know, immediately flush your toilet so there's fresh water in that damn toilet. Fill up your bathtub if you have one. Fill up your bathtub so there's water in it so you can use that water should you need it. Know that the water in your in your hot water tank, if you have to turn off that that hot water, that water is drinkable water. That water is usable water. It's also great to have distilled water in, you know, jugs because distilled water doesn't go bad. Now the plastic goes bad. So there's that. But if you have the capacity to have water in the house, have water in the damn house. It's good to know how to turn off your gas. If you don't know how to turn off the gas in your home, now you might live in a really big building where you know you don't have access to it and it's not on you necessarily. But if you are the person who would be responsible to turn off the gas, it is an important thing to know how to do. It's Googleable. A lot of times there's like a, a sign that will tell you how to do it. But, you know, I think you need a wrench. So it's good to have a wrench just right down there in case you need it. Good to have gas in your car. It's good to have shoes by the door, shoes that you could actually wear, not your open-toed cutesies if you're not living in, you know, cold climates, but wearing shoes that you could actually, like, hit the ground running with. And I personally am a fan of having socks by my shoes at the front door or by my bed. For many years, uh, I've slept with shoes by the bed just as a way to just be like, if if I got to go, I can get the fuck out. It's also wise to have two weeks worth of food in the house, you know, like this is ambitious for a lot of people. A lot of people can't afford it or they don't have the physical space. But if you do have the space, it is a wise thing to have. And so two weeks of food doesn't mean like gourmet dishes. It just means, you know, beans, rice, that kind of stuff, like just have emergency resources If you have the capacity to have little solar-powered chargers for phones and stuff like that, that is wise. I was in Hawaii a number of years ago, and I was there for the the day where there was like a a missile strike in Hawaii, which of course it was was a false alarm, but everyone in Hawaii got this alert on our phones, and it said that there was an emergency and, you know, that there was a missile coming for Hawaii. And I was in a hotel at the time, right on the water's edge, and the whole wall facing the water's edge was glass. And I was like, well, what the hell does a person do? And you want to know what I did? I went into the bathroom and I built a tiny makeshift bomb shelter, which wouldn't have worked. But within that, I instantly plugged in all of my devices so that I would have as much of a charge as possible. I gathered all the water in there. I, I did a bunch of things that, you know, would not have been much of a resource for a bomb. True, true talks. That said, it is important for me to share that I had it in my mind that in an emergency, these are the steps to take. So I could panic after the steps were taken, but I I had it in my mind on autopilot to take these steps. And that's why I'm sharing this with you, because I was actually in a room on Clubhouse with a bunch of people talking about, you know, the civic unrest that we're dealing with and this really smart and very charming woman, uh, Kanene Holder, who you can find at antiracistpersonaltrainer.com if you're interested in her work. But she was talking about the need for psychological preparedness. She was talking about how so many of us, most of us, are not psychologically prepared to jump into action in an emergency. We go into flight or fight mode. And when we go into flight or fight mode, what happens is we don't think straight. 
we can kind of like run in circles. We can shut down. We can move too slow. We can ask too many questions and not just like have like a plan that we go on autopilot. And so what I want to encourage you to do, and, and this is something that was really inspired by her, is talk to your people. In the context of COVID, so many of us have pods, right? Like a couple few people that live locally that we have physical contact with. Those are the people you should be talking to about if the worst were to happen, not that we're planning on the worst happening, not that we're manifesting the worst, but if the worst were to happen, what do we do? Where do we go? You want to meet a place? Where would we meet? I am a big fan of and have been doing this for many years. Again, I'm in the Bay Area of having a Sharpie on me at all times because if shit goes down and there's an earthquake and something happens and I have to physically leave my home and I'm not with people in my pod, I can write a note on my front door or on the sidewalk in front of my house with Sharpie saying, I have gone here. And then if I go to that place and I can't stay, I can leave another note with a Sharpie. Something small like that can actually really soothe your anxieties. Now, I know some people listening to this will not feel soothed by these ideas at all. That said, it is really wise to be prepared. And to be prepared is not to invest in something bad happening. To be prepared is simply to safeguard in case it does. I have band-aids in my house. I'm not investing in the idea that I might get a cut or a boo-boo. I'm just saying, if I do get a cut or a boo-boo, I got a Band-Aid, you know? And it's the same thing with emergency planning. When we talk to our people, you know, when we talk to our friends, when we talk to our loved ones about this kind of stuff, it makes it more real. And what you will experience likely is that some of the people you talk to get angry or defensive or you end up having stupid fights or it just gets really awkward and uncomfortable pretty quickly. And that's okay. That's okay. It's not wonderful, but it's okay. It shouldn't stop you from preparing. In case you've never thought about it, I'm just going to throw down a few more things about what you want to have in your backpack, if it is possible. And you might not be able to have all the things. You might be able to have some. I'm a huge fan of a Ziploc or a plastic bag with some cash. If you got cash, throw it in there. Why not? If you have an extra battery, an external battery or something, throw it in your go bag. You want to make sure that you have ID, a picture ID. If there's any really important documents that you know you can't live without that are really important to your safety or your security, have it in a plastic bag in your go bag. I am a big fan uh, as someone who menstruates is having menstrual tools in a go bag just in case. You know what I mean, my menstruators? I'm the kind of person who has a go bag that has like, I can cut through some men. <laughs> like I, I've got a lot of like next level tools in my go bag because I, I like to be prepared. But you don't need that. I mean, maybe you need that. But what you really need is ID, ideally some cash. You want socks, you want underpants, toothpaste, toothbrush. If you can throw in some food or water, that's fantastic. And the food you would throw into a go bag is not cans of food. It's like power bars and shit like that, right? It's stuff you go with. It's stuff you run with. It is wise to have a hand cranked or battery operated radio. Remember radio? It's like a thing that exists. So if cell phone towers go down, if electricity is down, you can still have access to news, which is important. Cell phone towers may not work in case of an emergency, any number of emergencies. Emergencies created by 
chaotic people or by natural disaster, right? Either of those things can cut cut off communications. And this is where I mentioned on the podcast before, I've got this app, it's called Bridgeify, and it just uses Bluetooth. The upshot is we need to have ways of communicating if we don't have landlines and we don't have mobile phones. How do you communicate then, right? These are things to think about, and they might be really hard things to think about if you've never lived without the internet and you your whole entire life exists on the phone. We do need to be thinking this way. And again, this is where a Sharpie can go a pretty fucking long way. If you have a car, you can load it up with a bunch of stuff. You know, you can have extra clothes, you can have extra masks if you own extra masks or just, you know, a mask, water, any, any kind of thing you might need, right? Throw it in the back of your car, in the trunk of your car. There are ways of preparing that don't only prepare you physically for your own safety and for you to be able to be generous and for you to be able to be a good neighbor or a good friend to others. But preparing also engages something psychologically in you that is worth engaging with. It really is. I know that this is scary. I really believe an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We need to prioritize safeguarding ourselves instead of ignoring what's happening or quaking in our boots. Hey, listen, quake in your boots all you want. Just make sure that your boots are by the door and there's some socks. Um, and if you live in a cold climate that, you know, you've got like a warm coat with lots of pockets, just just waiting to go. Just be prepared. If you live in a cold climate, make sure there's blankets in the fucking back of your car. If you don't have a car, that's okay. There are ways of engaging. There are people you can connect with. Prioritizing ways to invest in your own safety and wellness and the safety and wellness of your community is wise at this time. And I want to say really clearly, I know I'm an astrologer. I, I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm not trying to say, oh, something terrible is definitely happening. That's not it. As I've been saying on the podcast recently, forgiveness is not consent. Acceptance is not consent. Preparing for the worst is not consenting to the worst. And I know in the spiritual woo world, people are like, don't think into, into existence. And there is a level on which that is real and true. And also there's a level on which that is bullshit. I don't want to think gum disease into existence, but I still fucking floss my teeth daily, right? That's not thinking gum disease into existence. It's preparing. It's getting ahead of problems, right? And that is my wish for you, my loves. Get ahead of problems by being prepared and be prepared psychologically, be prepared materially, have conversations with people, stay informed, keep your wits about you, and do it because you're fucking worth it. Do it because you deserve to be well. Do it because right now, it just makes sense to do. Donate to Feeding America's Coronavirus Response Fund. No one should go hungry during the COVID-19 pandemic. With school closures, job disruptions, and health risks, millions of Americans will turn to food banks for much-needed support. They can't do it alone, so if you can help, please do. Go to feedingamerica.org. Let's talk astrology. But before we do, I just want to share a couple of things. The first one is that typically I drop a midweek episode, but last week I didn't. Why didn't I, you may be wondering? A couple of reasons. The first one is I actually don't completely know. I recorded it. I edited it. I queued it up. And my guides were like, have a damn seat and shut your mouth, lady. Are my guides that rude, you may be wondering? Kind of. A little. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay with me. But 
All to say, my guides advised me against it, so I, I didn't do it. And uh, that might sound super woo to you, or that might sound like super normal and logical to you. I don't know. But I will say, I, I do strive to listen to my guidance as frequently as possible. And that's what happened. I don't know about you, but I've had a pretty energetically taxing week. The collective energy is, for me, intensely palatable. And uh, if you're particularly energetically sensitive, it may be for you as well. In which case, I hope that you are doing your utmost to do your grounding work and your energetic shielding work and to make sure that you are centering and prioritizing the things you need to do so that you can be right with yourself, so that you can engage both with yourself, with others and the world around you in a way that reflects your integrity and your values and your heart. I also want to say, on a slightly more exciting note, because you missed out on the midweek episode last week, I am dropping not one, but two midweek episodes this week. And you are going to fucking love what I'm about to drop. I met up with Janelle Belgrave and Mecca Woods from the podcast Stars on Fire, two colleagues of mine who I adore. And we recorded just hours and hours and hours of astrology. And we talked about the chart of the forthcoming inauguration of what will be the 46th president and vice president of these here United States. And what I find really exciting about this episode is that we three all use different house systems. So you'll get to see how, you know, we all delineate with different house systems. So you'll get to see kind of like the ways in which that forms and shapes our view of current events and how one can have a difference in opinion and also be super respectful and enthusiastic about those differences. So uh, look out for two more episodes of Ghost of a Podcast dropping before the inauguration on January 20th. Very exciting. Okay, so now we get to your horoscope. We're looking at the week of January 17th through the 23rd of 2020. And there is <laughs> a lot going on. I mean, the energy is explosive. The energy is triggering. It is activating. The energy of this week is likely to be very provocative, very provocative. And it is incumbent upon us all to be intentional stewards of our own energy. Okay, like seriously, it's his. It is incumbent upon us all to manage our energy, to not abandon ourselves in the intensity of our emotions or, or of circumstances as they develop. And to remember that our wellness is irrevocably intertwined with each other. Take care of each other. Check in with your strong friends. Check in with your weak friends. Talk about things that are real and need to be talked about. You know, do your thing. Check out like you need to. You have got to have balance, but don't turn away from what's real because the energetics of what is happening this week, OM schwa, they're kind of intense. Okay, so let me just get into it. The first exact transit of this week is a Jupiter square to Uranus. Let me be clear, whenever we have two outer planets forming an aspect to each other, we are dealing with collective energies, right? 
So while you may be feeling this in your own individual birth chart, I can assure you, my loves, that it has in some meaningful way to do with how you fit into the world, how you respond to the world, the role you are willing to take in the world itself, and not just how you feel. And so regardless of the situations that are activated in your life or in your birth chart at this time, know that it is part of something larger. It's not just about you. And for some of you that might feel bad, you know, might make you feel frightened, or it might make you feel less special. And if you're more like me, then it is actually really soothing to know that there are much larger things at play. And if you are a glorious string in some celestial tapestry, in a way, there's less pressure and more meaning. And you know, that's just my worldview. It's just how I how I cope is how I see things. And I, you know, I'm just here to share shit with you. Watch me go. Okay. So Jupiter and Uranus are two planets that are very individualistic. I want what I want. I get what I want. I shouldn't have to deal with any restrictions, that kind of energy. And a square, of course, a 90 degree angle is a challenging aspect. It is a creative aspect but it is creative because you must be creative because you're backed into a goddamn corner, right? 90 degree angles are literally how we describe corners in squares. So here's the deal. Jupiter square Uranus is likely to trigger defensiveness around liberty. And in the context of the US and these, you know, planned attacks from heavily armed white supremacists, it's not what you want to hear. T-B-H. You don't want to hear me tell you that people are like, I'm done dealing with compromises. I want liberty at all costs. In the context of COVID, this is not what you want to hear. Because uh, unfortunately, Jupiter in uh, an air sign of Aquarius, warming a square to Uranus can indicate that people are just like, fuck this, I'm taking off my mask. And in An airborne pandemic taking off one's mask is putting oneself and many, many others in grave jeopardy. It is important for me to reiterate, in case there is any confusion, that masks are not a compromise of your civil liberties. They are not a compromise of anything at all. I mean, obviously, nobody wants mask knee. I love wearing lipstick. Did you know that about me? I effing love wearing lipstick. And masks kind of get in the way of that. But it's still not a compromise. (laughs) You know, it's just it's just responding to the realities that we're living through. And sometimes it snows outside. And it's not a compromise of your civil liberties to wear socks and boots. Uh, It's just fucking common sense. So Jupiter square Uranus is a time where we want to be on the lookout for conspiracy theories because, again, of Jupiter. Jupiter is associated with propaganda. Uranus is the Internet. So those conspiracy theories will undoubtedly be unleashed upon the Internet in ways that may be new, uh, that may come out of left field, or there may be some sort of revelation that we see through investigative journalism that like blows the lid off of something. This transit, I imagine, is going to be a turning point. And again, we are under the influence of this transit already. We have been all of 2021. All of 2021 has been, of course, a few weeks, but kind of an intense few weeks, wouldn't you say? Jupiter square Uranus is on its own actually not a bad transit, but in the context of what is happening at this time in the U.S., 
it's a bit of a frightening one, if, if I'm being honest with you, especially because of how closely that exact transit is happening to the Mars conjunction to Uranus. So if you are going to fight, fight for our collective liberation, fight for inclusion, fight for the dignity and rights of yourself and others. But know that if the way in which you fight compromises any of those things, then you've lost the thread, right? You know, I can't help but think about and acknowledge fighting because the energy of this time is just a lot of explosions. And so whether we're talking about something like conspiracy theories that prey upon many people's kind of willingness and drive to question everything and become a slippery slope to not believing in anything and not believing in truth and not having a critical faculty to look at the sources of data. You know, we are in this time where we feel outraged, we feel hurt, we feel uh, suspicious. And when we slip down an internety slope of looking to substantiate those feelings, what we're often not doing is looking for facts. We're looking for justification. This is a really important time no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how, you know, educated you are, to be critical of your sources. And I'm not saying like write emails and being critical to people who are your sources. I'm saying be a critical thinker. Fall down the rabbit hole of sources. Make sure something doesn't come out of like essentially a hate group or an unreliable resource. It's very important because the proliferation of hate speech is real right now. And a lot of it is being hidden in wellness community. And it's very important uh, that we become more aware of that. I'm certainly becoming more aware of that as the days go by, as somebody who's in the wellness world, I suppose. And I really want to encourage you to, again, be a critical thinker. Know that there are facts. There are feelings, but there are facts. And it's important to know the difference. Okay, okay, okay. So that brings us to that explosive Mars-Uranus conjunction exact on the 20th. Anything else going on on the 20th? Nothing really. Oh, wait, <laughs> the inauguration. So Mars conjunction to Uranus is, as I've talked about before, it's like a powder keg of energies. Mars and Uranus in different ways govern explosions. Mars is conflict and fighting. It's fire and guns and punches. And it's men. You know, it's like I don't really actually vibe with Mars is men and Venus is women. I don't vibe with that. But it is the archetype of maleness, both toxic and embodied, you know, and healthy embodied. Both of it, all of it. When Mars sits on top of Uranus, we have the risk of explosive entitlement, eruptions of anger and danger and passion and violence. We have the risk of entitled men running the streets, trying to blow shit up. I mean, I wish I had better news. This is something that I'm going to talk about and unpack with Mecca and Janelle on that podcast episode, the two segments of the podcast episode that I'm going to be dropping uh, in the next two days. So again, if you haven't subscribed to Ghost of a Podcast, go ahead and do that so that you get the alerts when they become live. So I won't say too, too much more about it here, except on a kind of personal level, Mars conjunction to Uranus, it coincides with things like accident proneness, 
This is because Mars is how you drive your car, it's your physical car in general. So if we're talking about this hitting your chart specifically, you may have electrical problems with your car. You may get into an accident or barely get into an accident. So it's really important to pay attention to what you're doing. The reason why it's associated with accident proneness is because Uranus creates distractions. And if you're not embodied Mars, if you're not in your body and present with how you're feeling, then you might act out in a weird way, cut a corner and do something stupid, right? Or someone else might. This is a a time where we can expect things to come out of left field. We can expect surprises to grip us. How we choose to respond to those surprises, to those left field occurrences is deeply important. And let me let you in on a little secret, aka not a secret because I'm about to tell you, Mars is related to your ego. And so how you respond, how others respond at this time is a deep reflection of your ego. If your ego is out of balance, then you will either be entitled and angry and defensive and blaming or victimized and martyred and exhausted. So Mars out of balance, aka the ego out of balance, can go in one of these two directions where it's like, I deserve it all. I deserve nothing. Both of these things are an ego out of balance. Very few of us have a really healthy, well-adjusted ego, right? Just straight out the gate. Most people struggle one way or another with our egos. You know, most of us struggle in every direction (laughs) with our egos. This is a great opportunity to watch your ego in action, right? How you respond to threats, real or imagined, has a lot to do with the veracity and strength of your ego. And because Uranus is bringing us surprises, because Uranus is destabilizing, it will reveal something. It will reveal something to you of yourself that is important to know and that you have choices around. Our reactions and our responses are two different things. They really are. And a lot of times in life, it feels like there's no time to respond. We just react. That's sometimes true. And often, often, it's a choice. It's a choice we don't realize we're making because it doesn't feel like we have a choice. And so this is a great time to really contemplate this stuff I'm sharing. See how it does or doesn't apply to your situation, to your life. And to think about your ego. There is no shame in having an out-of-balance ego. There is no shame in being too much or not enough of a certain thing. What you want to be able to do is move beyond shame and blame and entitlement and instead go into ownership of who you choose to be, whether or not you're choosing out of reflex or intention, right? Now, one last thing. I want to say about this transit or these couple of transits to Uranus, Jupiter square to Uranus, Mars conjunction to Uranus is, yeah, Uranus, internet, right? So hacks, question mark, Uh, internet problems, question mark. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This is the thing about Uranus. Uranus is literally the planet of that which cannot be predicted, aka the unpredictable. Therefore, it is hard to do any kind of like clear shot of prediction with Uranus. But because of Uranus's presence, we may see disruptions with internet uh, service or some sort of hacking or something like that. The next transit of this week that is exact 
is a Mars square to Jupiter. And you may have put that together in advance because Jupiter was square Uranus and Mars was conjunct Uranus. So it makes sense that Mars and Jupiter would be very close to each other and that they are my friends. Mars square to Jupiter is exact on the 22nd. And again, we have this continuation of defensiveness of uh, the impulse to do what I want because I want it. How dare you tell me I can't. Mars square to Jupiter is an entitlement energy in its negative form. Mars square to Jupiter is courage and bravery in its positive form. So Mars square to Jupiter is a defensive transit. It is a transit where we feel like if you're doing it different than me, then you're threatening me, right? That you have to agree with me. Jupiter can be associated with standing on a soapbox and telling people that they have to feel a certain way, think a certain way, see the world a certain way. Proselytizing, that's Jupiter. Evangelizing, evangelizing, is that a word? I'm going to use it and say, that's Jupiter. Trying to convert others to your way of doing things is Jupiter Mars mashup, unfortunately. So Mars is how we do shit. Jupiter is the philosophies or the guiding principles uh, that motivate us that we act from. Where is the line between saying your piece, standing up for what you believe in and proselytizing, you know, trying to drag a horse to water and force it to drink? I don't know. I don't have answers here because the energies are so explosive because the conditions here in the U.S. are so explosive. I certainly don't have answers, but I can say that these transits are likely to stimulate defensive, urgent, passionate, entitled behavior out of many people. Mars square to Jupiter, again, if you have to leave the house, if you have to go out this week in general, and if you're in the U.S., as much as possible, use the buddy system and take care of yourselves. And I wouldn't encourage you to put yourself in harm's way at all. But if you do have to go out to just keep your wits about you, pay attention. Do not start shit unless you want shit, basically. A lot of people are going to be feeling really defensive. And that brings me to something important here, which is there are people that you disagree with. There are people that see things differently than you, explain them differently than you, have a different lived experience than you. And then there's your enemies. Those who want to cause you harm, those who hate you for the essentialness of what you are. Do not confuse those two groups of people. So on the 23rd, we've got two exact transits, and these are the last transits of this week. We've got a sun conjunction to Saturn. Hey, Aquarius, it's Aquarius season. Not the chillest entry into Aquarius season, I will explain. And we also have a Venus sextile to Neptune. So let me start with Venus sextile to Neptune. This transit is lovely. <laughs> Didn't expect me to say that, did you? Now, I don't know how strong the transit will be in the context of all this intensity. But Venus sextile to Saturn is when Venus, our values and also our relationships and also romance, forms a creative, dynamic, non-threatening aspect to Neptune, which is the planet of idealism and spirituality and uh, devotion. On an interpersonal level, this can represent a time where leaning on others, showing up for others is truly healing and inspiring. It can also represent a time where we make good financial decisions or we readjust our viewfinder to what's important 
we reconnect with our values in a way that is meaningful and reflects our spiritual wellness, our spiritual uh, interconnectedness. So that's all very, very lovely. However, because of the intensity of this week and the kind of urgency of these other transits, it would be easy for this to be like a gentle breeze upon your cheek instead of a strong and motivating push from the winds of change. So the other transit, we have the sun in Aquarius. Hello, Aquarius season. And we have it conjunct to Saturn. Sun conjunction to Saturn is depressing. It makes us feel like we cannot do what we want to do. There's a sense of constriction or limitation, either imposed from others that have some sort of control or authority over our lives, or these constrictions and restrictions can be imposed from our responsibilities and obligations. So my guess is that'll be some, some fun fangled combo platter of them both. This transit is not resilient. It does not give us a resilient form of energy. So it may be that the astrology of this week leading up to the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, when we'll be feeling the sun conjunction to Saturn, it's like, you know, the adrenaline wears off and you're kind of like feeling your feelings. This transit is associated with depressiveness or depression. And that is because it aligns us with what we don't have with scarcity with a greater sense of clarity about what isn't working. So I want to just first of all say it's a three-day transit. It is not the end of the world. It is a three-day transit. That said, it is also heavy and you can prepare for Saturn transits. Uranus transits are really hard to prepare for <laughs> because it's the unexpected. Whereas with Saturn transits, there's an inevitability to them. So we can organize our actions and our plans to best support our circumstances and our natures around them. Fun. But it it's nice. It's nice to have something you can actually get a little bit control. And that might look like any number of things, but you know you, right? Like you know you. You know what it is that you find the most supportive. You know that when you feel kind of down or heavy, there are certain actions or activities that actually make you feel more neutral or better. And there are certain activities that make you feel worse. So try to align yourself based on this astrology with the better stuff or the neutral stuff. If you know that you're going to be in a caretaking role for others, plan in advance some activities that you can do with them for them so that you feel like you're doing something constructive because Saturn does want us to do something constructive. That's Saturn's vibe, right? It's like action with consequence. Now, my loves, it's a whole fuck of a lot, if we're being honest. I mean, like a whole fuck of a lot. As a very sensitive person, you know, as a psychic empath person myself, the energy is just not something I've lived through before. So I am feeling a great sense of overwhelm. Many people that I've talked to are feeling just overwhelmed with grief or exhaustion or anger. You may be also feeling any number of symptoms of this collective unrest and the instability, anger, and fear of this time. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive to collective suffering. Nothing, honey. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with caring. What I want to encourage you to do is care for yourself to the best of your ability without abandoning or harming others at all, okay? And that might be a feat. And that might require that you slow down and get a little more considerate before you decide what that means. 
So I invite you to do that. On the 24th of January at 12 noon Pacific time, I'm going to be doing a live stream over on Patreon for my kitten level supporters, uh, where we talk about uh, the astrology of 2021. And I hope to be a resource to be able to answer some questions live. So go ahead and join me over on Patreon at the kittens level if you'd like to attend that live stream. And, you know, I know that these times, these days and times that we're living in are exceptional. They're truly fucking exceptional. And the chances that you're here now, wherever you are, whoever you are, that you're here now for this time, they're also quite exceptional. Rise to the occasion to the best of your ability. Rising to the occasion may look like rising to the occasion of self-care, of honoring your ancestors. It might look like civic engagement. It might look like unlearning something or learning something. I mean, it couldn't be something very, what you might feel is subtle or small or something really big and collaborative. It doesn't exactly matter. It's not a time to compare yourself to others. There's no value in it. I want to really encourage you to take stock of who you are and what you have to learn, what you have to offer, and engage with that to the best of your ability when you can to just keep on coming back to that because these are exceptional times. The energy that has been triggered over the last couple of few years, it's exceptional. And this month, is exceptionally hard. So cut yourself some slack without cutting yourself loose from responsibility. Yes, I know I'm a Capricorn talking about responsibility all the live long day. I apologize slash super stand by it. Talk to you real soon and a lot more this week. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.